And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, I can't wait to talk about why we need to niche down. We need to drill deeper into who it is we serve and how we speak to those people. We are going to talk about the customer experience and the customer journey and why, how we connect with our customers, how easy it is for them to get what they want, and how easy it is to make sure we are delivering what they want when they want it for the type of business we are. It's so important. So I hope you take a listen because we can all benefit from doing both of these things, doing a better job with who do we serve and really honing in, and then also what does our customer experience look like and can we improve upon that? So take a listen. I think it's such a valuable conversation. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Alejandra Slatopolsky. She's the co-founder of ScaleToe and she's a growth and communications expert in the financial services field. And she's also the podcast host of the Business of Wealth. Welcome, Alejandra. Thank you for having me. Oh, so glad that you're here with us today. I love the kind of ways you're helping people with scaling their businesses so that they can have more financial freedom and take their businesses to those next levels. So can you first share with us a little bit about your backstory and your journey? So my journey started many years ago. I uh, started out as a journalist, actually. And um, from there, I've always been in marketing and communications, focused mostly in financial services and technology. Lately, a lot on fintech too. And it has evolved. I've always helped organizations communicate better to their target audiences. And that led me to always be in touch with the C-level executives or entrepreneurs. And inevitably, marketing is deeply connected to business strategy. So that's how I ended up now helping companies focus on how to grow and how to scale. Always, of course, from a branding and, and communications perspective, but that's that's been my focus and where I enjoy working the most, actually. Oh, wonderful. So what would you start by telling us? What is, when people, when you've worked with people, you know, over the years, What's one of the biggest things with when you're helping them with their strategy, right, in this space that is, I don't want to say a weak point, but something that often they need to kind of improve upon? So number one, and that's something that you see everywhere, but it's always true. Like it's almost like a cliche, but it's so true. Find your niche. Mm-hmm. And the the you know, the more you you specialize on something the the better you're gonna do and there is no way around that like I made that mistake when I started my business eight years ago that I started you know doing marketing communications for any industry and inevitably you know 
I, I lost the clients that were not in the financial services or in the technology industry because the learning curve was too long and they couldn't pay for that because they were small organizations trying to make it, right? So whenever you start off, make sure to find your niche and really go for that because it's not only an easier way to sell, it's a much easier way to service and a much deeper, meaningful impact you have on your clients. Yeah, I think that's so good. And you are right. You know, a lot of us talk about that, but it, it is a hard thing to do because we think we, we, we think we're going to have less business because there'll be less people that can kind of come into the right, the net or the funnel. But of course, people won't really get it, right? They won't really get, oh, is you know, are you the, the person or am I the person or whoever for whatever they're looking for if it's vague, right? And so what do they say? What's the saying that um, confused buyers don't buy? But it's, you know, that's, it's just so true. And it's so important. And, you know, I know a lot of people talk about, even if you think you know your niche, you probably still have to drill down further and further and further. A little more. For yeah, sure. a little more. Always a, a little, little more. more. Sure. <laughs> you have to think of that conversation that you had with someone that just clicked. And that person, trust me, there are millions like them always. There is, you know, only in the US, you have a population of 370 million. Trust me. There are millions of them. And that, that click makes you, uh, makes your conversion so much easier too. That's what happened to me whenever I would sit in front of, that's how I realized, you know, I had some friends refer me some business because I was just starting out and they said, yeah, you know, my friend has, you know, a furniture store. And I said, okay, how hard can it be, right? So I tried to help them. And took a lot of time to convince him that I was the right person. And then it, it took a ton of effort for me to be able to provide some value to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, whenever I, I sat with a banker, I was able to actually tell them what the market was saying for them and what the challenges for them are. So just like that, the conversion was just much, much faster. Um, and it's just that, you know, being scared of not getting the business is not, it's not going to get you any business. actually. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, this thought came to me, but it's more for, as we're thinking about our businesses, if this is a struggle point, or if we just realize we still need to hone or we need to pivot. I was thinking about, think about if you had to go to a doctor for a knee surgery. I, I don't want to go to the, the surgeon necessarily that does surgeries on all the big part, you know, big moving joint type areas. I'd rather go to the guy that's known and is a specialist at that knee surgery, right? So in other words, it's kind of like that in business. If, you know, if you're in that case, think of yourself as a customer and then flip it back to yourself and say, oh, wait, I'm the business. How do they pick me just like I would want this specialist for my own, you know, surgery or whatever it is? Right. And there is a hack to that too. Sometimes you do like, for example, specific pieces for specific markets. Right. So let's say that you're offering, you know, you are a consultant and you want to target three or four markets. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But do that specific messaging for them and see how it flows. Right. And see if, you know, if you have the background to back it up too. Because that's what's going to happen, right? That specialization. Are you able to present yourself as somebody that will solve the problem for them? So good. So let me ask you, what about, you know, businesses 
needing to scale, you know? So how, what does that look like and what recommendations do you have for people to kind of get out of that, you know, maybe that starting stage, a startup stage, maybe they're at the next stage, but the point is, is we need to make sure that we're looking for that growth. So the way uh, we see it is you have three, three clear verticals. One of them is your business, um, your business strategy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't have the time, the energy to really sit down and see, you know, okay, where do I want to go? What's going to be my market? What do we want to do, right? Um, but it's just as important as going out and selling. And it's actually more important to prepare that before going out and selling. And what I learned throughout my years is that, of course, the McKinsey style of consulting will do these, you know, six months evaluation of the market and where you need to go, et cetera, et cetera. But then came all of the other type of consultants and you know, business ideologies that make it just a little simpler. I'm a fan of keeping things simple. And one of the ones that I love is Simon Sinek with the Golden Circle. So we work on defining really where you want to go just because there's always someone else in your, you know, if you're starting on your own, yes, maybe you talking to yourself, but I'm sure there's going to be some other stakeholders from, you know, with which you need to agree where you're going. Mm-hmm. And that's really going to help you define your strategy. If you don't have a clear strategy and if it's not communicated with whoever you're working with, that's your number one struggle to escape. Mm-hmm. It's basic, Right. They talk about, I'm not, I'm not talking about like a hundred pages business plans or anything related to that. I'm just saying, you know, concentrate on finding your why, concentrate on finding what is it that you offer and who you offer to, right? And then find that space in the market. Just take a quick look at, at what the others are offering and find the space that you're going to fill. After that, we, you know, we talk a lot about marketing and communications, but from both the visual, most people think about branding, for example, just as the visual, but a brand is a set of values, right? And it's a set of beliefs. So make sure you know those, you know where, you know, what your company stands for. Mm-hmm. And the the what, number one part my clients struggle with the most is your emotional value proposition. And I always push them to do that. You have, every stakeholder will have rational and emotional reasons to buy, right? Mm-hmm. To engage with you. Finding the emotional part, especially like for financial services or for B2B organizations or for, you know, some things that are like very practical is hard. But going deep into that need mm-hmm. really helps you connect with the audience and make your marketing that much better. Uh, and of course, just create your processes, define what is it that the marketing process is going to be and everything that everybody talks about. But it's just, I always say marketing is much more boring than people think it is. <laughs> it's not madmen, you know, making up all of the <laughs> campaigns. It's actually about consistency, organization, processes, and testing and data and going back and adjusting, right? Yeah. Um the campaign part of things is, you know, 5% of the work, maybe. 
And after that, it's all about uh, client experience. Our first main pillar is that because I'm a fanatic of customer journeys. And the bad news for small businesses is that all of your users, no matter who they are, they are comparing you to the huge organizations such as Google, Facebook, or Meta now. And all of the big ones have millions um, spent in, in customer journeys, right? And in client mm-hmm. experience. Right. But that's the experience they expect. Yes. Because they expect simplicity. They expect things to be available and to be ready. And, and if you don't focus on giving them that, they, you know, they will go somewhere else. So the customer journey has several aspects that are used to evaluate it. Mm-hmm. But mostly for companies that are starting out, you need to really see that the first thing that I always aim at is, look, we need to see where your leads are coming from, right? Most people focus on the top of the funnel. Like, where am I getting leads? Mm-hmm. But I always ask them, okay, wait, you have a ton of leads. What's happening with them? So what's happening when they show some interest? What's happening when they actually purchase from you? And what's happening after they purchase from you? Yeah. And where is the biggest bottleneck? And where can you create the greatest synergies with your team to make it better? Most people, you know, most companies just say, I'm going to acquire more leads. Let me get leads. Let me get leads. Because that's the, that's the magic word in marketing. Yeah. But in a ton of clients, I found, I found like in the back burner, I'm like, look, you have, you know, these database. You have these clients. Have you asked them for new clients? Have you engaged with them? Have you made them more loyal so that refer you more? Have you examined how they get information from you so they refer you more, so that they're proud to be a client? You know, you refer services only or products only when you're proud to be a client of it, right? Mm. If you think about it, there are a handful of products that you recommend. Which are they? They are the ones that make you look good. (laughs) So true. And I think, uh, you know, I've talked to several, many people about this, but You know, I think a lot of businesses think they have a customer problem, you know, or like you said, a lead problem when often that's not the case. It's they're using that as a data or a measurement and that measurement might be fine if they're not closing or they're not getting business or more business. You're to your point. It's these other things, you know, after you get the customer, after you get the lead, if they're dropping off. Right. It's what's the messaging. So it's normally a message or an offer issue. Right. And it's it's a whole experience issue. You know, where is it that they're, why would they recommend you? Or why would they buy more from you? Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses in financial services, for example, a lot of businesses have a very high acquisition cost. Mm-hmm. And then they're very, very, very bad at cross-selling. Right. So you acquire these clients, you know, they're, I don't know, you gave them um, a checking account, let's say, that, let's use banking. And then they're really bad at getting the mortgage from you right? because they didn't give you the service you needed mm-hmm. uh, or they were not on top of your life events. Um, so um, there is a ton of opportunity all across the customer journey, but 
my inspiration was actually now talking about mortgages was my mortgage provider. Um, a few years back, I, I knew I wanted to work more with customer journeys, but I was looking for my, my, my new mortgage, right? I was buying a house and um, uh, I started asking for recommendations on mortgage brokers and they sent me recommendations and I, and these guys were like people that I would talk to and they were like, yeah, this woman helped me and this other guy. And I would talk to them, hey, can you do like the pre-qualification? And they would say, yeah, just email me all of your financial information. No, just you know me, your social, your you know your statements, da 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 da. And me knowing a little bit about security, I was like, I really don't like that thing. Like, yeah. at least I put everything in a Dropbox, and I said, okay, let me you know send you a Dropbox. Right, thing right. You didn't want to email at all, <laughs> right? Good idea. And then two weeks later, I wouldn't hear back, and I would have to follow up, or you know, or they would say, yeah, I'm finding out, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I started Googling and I found Rocket Mortgage. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, now they're truly famous about right. their experience because they actually spent so much money on that. But it's just a simple, the, the greatest thing about them is not the system. They have a great software, of course, that, you know, they gave me a login and I was able to upload the documents and they would show me where the process was going and exactly mm-hmm. the steps I need to follow. But the greatest thing was that they were able to combine the human aspect of technology with the technology, with, you know, the efficiencies of the technology. Uh So every step of the way, I was getting calls. Hey, did you understand the document that we just requested? Did you understand the revision that you need? I know we're going to, you know, have a call on this day. You're going to be the closing on that day. Like everything was a lot of hand-holding, but with the technology support. Mm -hmm. So... Wow, yeah. The future of all service for me goes that way. Like every single successful customer service company nowadays is the one that you call and they actually pick up. Right. That's all you want to do. Like you yes. don't feel like calling any company. Right. Nobody feels like calling American Airlines. Right. No. <laughs> but if American so Airlines picked up the phone, they would call and they would actually get more sales. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so good. And yeah, that makes so much sense about your mortgage. And and just to your point, we all have those experience stories where we've had great customer experience, you know, stories and we tell our friends about it, just like word of mouth, like we, you know, it's always been around. And then we have the horrifying experiences where we're so irritated that we just can't even stand it. I have so many of those stories too. I'm sure we could talk about that all day. Uh, Yeah, so then let me ask you then, talking about, this, you know, the struggle with the leads and then really kind of digging into what you just told us. Are there any other things you'd say about that or that people are struggling with about their business strategy or that scaling? Is it mostly what you just talked about or is there anything else people are kind of missing often? Well, often they're missing the, the strategic work I think is very valuable. Actually, you know, we developed this whole IP just because most um, most entrepreneurs end up focusing on tools or on solutions mm-hmm. instead of the core of the business. So what do I mean by that? I, you know, I've been doing, I'm 
social media, email marketing, events, whole life. I call those marketing tools. They're mm-hmm. just, you know, they're just tactics, right? Yeah. And the conversations always went back to, okay, but what's your business plan? No, marketing needs to fuel your business plan. It needs to help you get to those goals. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the scaling is about focus on what's going to get you to your business goals faster. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs lose sight. And it's common to do that. And of course, you're in the, you know, in the day-to-day, you're trying to make money, you're trying to make it work. But trying to find a way in which you always have your goal in mind and trying to find the shortest way to your goal without distractions, that's the biggest challenge, but the, the biggest way to actually scale. Um, I was talking to a good friend of mine uh, on the weekend and he he's um, he used to be a trader and now he's in a, he has this, uh, another business, a fintech. And my husband was asking him about Bitcoin, right? About blockchain and, and, and about NFTs. And, and he was like, yeah, and yeah, well, it's interesting. I see it like this, like that. But he's like, and my husband's like, why didn't you invest or why aren't you doing it? It's like, I need to focus. You know, he was, you know, this is my business. And I need to focus on the business. Yes, everybody will ask me about that because I'm a trader and I know how financial products work, et cetera, et cetera. But if I start doing that, I'm taking away from this and this is where my business is going to grow. Um, I think that's the biggest, biggest challenge for all entrepreneurs. You know, not get, to not get distracted with the next shiny thing in the market. Because even investors in your company will get you distracted, right? A lot of investors, like, that happens a lot. I've seen that happen. Right? Investors come in and say, hey, but why aren't you, you know, doing blockchain now that you're, and that, you know, pulling back and really saying, no, no, this is, you know, these are the objectives that we set and give it time to see if it works. Um, it's, it's key. And let me ask you, okay, so how do we, how do businesses make sure that they're, like how often should they be checking back against their business strategies when they're looking at, like you said, making sure it aligns with their, you know, the actual daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly objectives they have, right? For what they're putting out for marketing communications. And then obviously, you know, how they're getting leads. So is that something where, I mean, how do you recommend people do that to your point to make sure that it's really type of mind and they know that it's, it's connected back to one of those um, business goals, which are under the strategies. So actually, I was just um, with my partner, we implemented, you were asking just before the call about some resources, and I was thinking about this, um, EOS, the Entrepreneurial Organization System, that, that book and that system is the first one that I see that actually gives you a really excellent framework on how to go back to those goals, how to track the goals, and how to actually, you know, make it so that everything is around a clear um, path. Yeah. We actually are implementing it with, within our, organiz- our organization and it really works. And it's the first time that I like just because it's simple. Again, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to go into the MBA style right. business 
planning that you you spend six months developing and then you forget it there, you know, in the top of the desk. Um, so that's a really good system. And they give you like it's weekly and it's quarterly and it's annually. And it, right. it just make sure you have the space mentally and actually the hours to do it because yeah. it's really worth it. Now that I'm glad, I'm actually glad you brought that up. Uh, I've talked to uh, several other people, you know, over this past year that have brought that one up as as a system that they liked for you know or framework that they're using. And so that that is actually a good thought because in the, on the other context, it wasn't related to this. So you know, I, I like that as a rec- great recommendation. So thank you. So is there anything else that you would like to share with us, or you know, maybe last even for you? Like I know we were talking about. You've been an entrepreneur. You've been on this entrepreneurial journey. You've scaled your business. You recently just had a, I don't know if it was a merger, but you, you've now joined forces with, with another company, I think. But what does that look like? How do you balance you know, your work and your personal life and all that kind of stuff? Well, that's a, that's a challenge. It's always been. Uh, personally, I ended up understanding that the balance is not a balance so, and it's it's never the same um for example just now I, you know i'm launching this new company a merger and the last few months have been you know all about work and i have lost and i just realized you know by the holidays i'm like wow i haven't been in touch with this friend this other friend the other, the other friend right because between work and i have two little kids it's too much yeah um but actually being gentle with yourself in recognizing that there are phases and you're going to go through that mm-hmm. and making sure to go back, not make it all about work always, mm-hmm. but making sure you're keeping track and saying, okay, these few months have been like this. I'm going to try to take a break, pull a little down, try to focus more on the family. And yeah, I, I used to think that every single day had to be balanced. Right. Uh, you know, you have to have like at least two hours with the kids and the dinner and that. And, yeah. and uh, you know, that way, you know, just explode. It's important. That's right. Things come up and the kids yeah. need to be picked up. I just, you know, last time I canceled on you because my kid needed to be picked up from school in the middle of the day. And it happens. So letting go of that, I'm very structured person. Letting go of that really helped me in my entrepreneurial part. And then the other single thing that I did is one single exercise that I tried to do at least once a year. And then my coach gave me that it was, what's your drainers and what are your drivers? So what fools, like what makes you full of energy when you're doing it? And what really drains you, you're like, oh my God, well, I, you know, yeah. I need to do this and you postpone it and you postpone it and you procrastinate. What are those? And where are the opportunities to delegate the procrastination task and actually spend more time on the ones that fool you of energy? Um, and that exercise changes, you know, your answers will change. Yeah. So making sure to do it once in a while to structure your business correctly that's key because that's that's gonna that's what that's what's gonna tell you what you should be doing and we shouldn't and where you're good at too. That's part of the EOS too. So yeah, yeah. Two things about what you well, the two things you just said. One is 
I think you're so right about balance. It's not, it's never going to be about every day looks the same or nor should it. It's more, you know, I say people should more look at their, you know, of course, daily, if you need to change some habits, but weekly and monthly, you know, like, okay, this month did, even if I don't have time, like you said, with maybe people that mean are meaningful in your life, maybe not regularly, but you can still say, you know what, I'm going to write him a little note. I'm going to send him a little text just to let him know, like, I'm not gone. I just am like in this new, you know, building stage of this thing. But it's kind of like you're saying, okay, did I schedule in time, you know, with your husband and your kids? And so it's kind of looking at it and saying, okay, well, I can't maybe maintain this. And like you said, it's a season or a phase. That's okay. And we want to feel good about those things. If it's something that's, you know, adding meaning or that it's getting us to where we want to go. But so I like to, I like to look at it weekly and monthly because to your point, it does every night, you're not going to be like, Oh, I had the most amazing time with my kids and my husband after a long day of work where you worked late. Right. It's just not how it is, but we can try to have balance as far as, are we, are we paying attention to what's important in our life or what we say is important and making sure we're making time for it, even if it's not daily. I actually have a similar one that I do. And I, I, it's almost the exact same. It sounds like, but it's, you know, when people are even looking at deciding uh, what their focus of their business is or or a decision, you know, maybe it's even an opportunity. I, I tell them, you know, kind of really visualize what would the work be that you'd be doing? What's the content you'd be putting out there? What's the, you know, all the things, but really visualize it one at a time. And I say, which one feels exciting and life-giving? And, you know, you can imagine doing this for some period of time versus life draining. Like you're literally like, oh, I thought I liked this new idea or, you know, this business, or I thought I liked, and then you start thinking about every day I'd be posting about, it could be financial information, right. To help yeah. it could be business baking things, whatever it is. But if you go, I love to do that, but gosh, if I had to do that every day and write content every day and, or not every day, but you know what I mean? And that starts sounding overwhelming. You might need to kind of step back and assess, you know? So I think yeah, it's, it's very easy at the end of the day. It's like, when do you light up in a conversation? Like when you talk to me about business strategy, I just light up. Like I, it's something that I like doing. Um, I remember a few months ago, I have a very close friend. Um, she's a nutritionist. And she's one of the you know few people that I see. She has a true passion yes. for her yes. career, right? You, you see that, you know, that passion and that drive. And she was getting frustrated with her career. She wanted to do, you know, some some sort of studying, you know, and, and she found that it was too expensive. I don't remember what the issue was, but um, she basically found a huge roadblock, right? And one day she's like, "You know what? I was thinking. I think I'm gonna start selling clothes. I'm gonna buy and sell clothes." And I looked at her, and I laughed so hard. Yeah, I was like. And she's like, oh, my God, you just woke me up. It's like, how, you know, you have a passion. You know, yeah, you're going to find roadblocks. But right. when you know what really fills you and fuels you, it's, it's just that much easier. Yeah. You know, and I know uh, one thing that you sort of touched on before we start recording is exactly what you're talking about now, right? Which is what, what does light you up and how do you, you know, you feel and flow, but anything else you'd add to that? Just about, you know, what if somebody's like, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Do you, what do you do? Like, do you um, do you recommend people ask their friends, ask their family? Do you go back to look at past things you've done? Like, is there anything for you that, because I do find some people, there's two different types of people. Some people know exactly what lights them up, you know, and when they feel in flow and other people, 
I don't know if they're just unsure, you know, of themselves to really see or realize or recognize it, or if they really aren't paying attention. Like they've not really, they're not in tune with that at this point. Right. No, what I did actually, my first time I did it, I looked at my like list of to do's. Mm -hmm. So I started like dividing the list of to do's. And at first I thought I loved everything I did. I thought uh -huh. I loved everything about marketing. But then when what I did is grab that to do and think, if I could not do it, like if I could avoid doing it, would I be fine with it? And then I moved it to the other side. So at first everything was like fine. And yeah, I do like communications, da 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 da, -da and the events and social media. Da -da -da. And then I started realizing, like, wait, when I have to prepare a report on, you know, all the social media performance, am I really like, well, is that something that I do immediately when I did see it on my to-do list or not? Is it like, and then I moved it to the other side because it's like whatever you can delegate and that you feel like delegating, that's yeah. a good thing. That's yeah. one. Whatever you're procrastinating, that's another, that's another mm -hmm. good sign. And whatever is also you like talking about, whenever you like talking about something, you right. put it on your driver list uh, because I'm sure that's, that's something that you enjoy doing right. no matter where it comes from. Yeah. So I think that's, that's one of the tricks you can, you can start doing. Right. Yeah. To start recognizing and identifying it with what you're already doing, right? Like, but to start paying yeah. attention. Because then you're aware as you're doing those things. And to your point, it starts to let you delegate so that you can be freed up actually to be more creative and more, you know, successful in the things you're good at. And the calendar is a good source of information too. You know, look at calendars and try to remember what day ended up being completely exhausting and what day ended up being, okay, this was good. Yeah. So that helps you identify too. When you had exhausting days, I'm sure you had activities yeah. that you had to do that were not good for you. Yeah. Oh, love it. I think those are really good examples of how we can dig into that and just keep being aware. And also those change, right? And so if we if we regularly just check in with ourselves and what we're doing, you know, because we may get at a point where something's new and exciting in our field or whatever we're doing, and then find, you know, I, I like this, but maybe this isn't really, you know, like it reminded me of this conversation or the book, The Zone of Genius, or I'm sorry, The oh, right. anyway. Yeah. yeah, but you know, and and I think a lot of us do get stuck in doing the zone of excellence, right? Like we're good at it, but it doesn't mean that it's really our magic space. You know, it's a place where we really light up, as you said. So. Yeah, and it evolves, and also it comes with maturity about you know start knowing you know yourself and observing yourself too. Yeah. Uh, it's a matter of observing yourself too. Mm, I love it. Such great stuff today in our conversation. Will you let us know how can people connect with you and find out more about what you are doing and about your podcast? Sure. So our website is scalto.com. My podcast is actually thebeastofwealth.com. And my email is alejandras at scalto.com. You can reach out. Um, and we can have what I call the strategy conversations that I love, actually. I keep oh. on my <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing some of your wisdom. Thank you for inviting me to see me. It was a pleasure. What I loved about the conversation today is that so many of us, especially if we're starting out in business, 
is that we think we're going to miss out on sales or clients if we really get specific about who it is we serve. But the opposite is actually true. It is much like the examples in this episode. The more specific we are, the more we specialize, the more the people that really connect with us are going to find us. And the more people will recommend us to other people because they're super clear on what we do and who we serve. So this is such an important episode. And once again, this is something that we might continue to work on to continue to hone in who it is we serve, how we serve them, what is the industry or the topic that we focus in on. So I hope that you took this episode to heart. I hope you'll work on this area in your own business, you know, as far as who you're serving, because it's such an important topic. And like the words of Maya Angelou, who said these wise words, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that is so true in life and in business. Once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us get discovered by more people. We'd also love your feedback. So email me at Kristen at KristenFitch.com or DM me on Instagram. I'm at Kristen Fitch. And let me know what ideas or ideas for shows or for guests that you have. I would love to hear from you. 